0: The following is a message from Parkview Church in Iowa City, Iowa. More information about Parkview is available at www.parkviewchurch.org. Good morning. Welcome to Parkview. I'm Doug, one of the pastors here. And um, it's a great privilege to get to talk about this topic of eternity for the next five weeks. So I'm very excited. I do want to just say a few things just kind of from a pastor's heart to start with. Um, first of all, I just want to echo what John said to Greg, and I, I couldn't do it with Greg here because I'd start bawling, and I, it would take me 30 minutes to be able to talk, but um, I love that guy, and uh, he's been a great teammate and a great friend to me, and I love his heart uh, for Jesus and the gospel, and I thought he has served us very well, so I really thank you for your standing O for Greg. We were joking about, oh, we're going to have a standing O for you, and you guys did it, so thank you, but... Um, he 's a great guy, so, um, and he has served as well. Um, second one is thank you so much for uh, this week of prayer like last week 's sermon uh, where we had the response time with the cards, and you guys wrote out praises during this service. When I got here monday morning there 's a stack of like two hundred and fifty praise cards that I just started going through and before I knew it, 45 minutes went by, and I was just, my heart was just so filled with um, excitement about what God is doing, and the way you guys were just praising Him in those cards, and so many cool stories. I thought maybe, yeah, I didn't even feel like we gave you that much time, like two minutes, and you, all, almost all the cards were just filled with, with praises to God, so I just celebrate that. And then Wednesday night was a great, um, from a pastor's heart, just looking at the challenges and the opportunities facing us this year, just to know that we started this year praying. And so 108 of you foolhardy you know like weather's not going to keep us home came and then we had 129 that linked on live stream and stuck with us nationally they say every live stream link averages to two to three more people as well per link so just to know that many people have been praying for this year was awesome I'll be honest this sermon this morning was not coming I was here I spent a lot of hours on this and was up late last night early this morning and somebody sent me an email was like wow it must be awesome to preach right after a whole bunch of people have been praying it's like yeah, duh. Like, don't worry. Just go. Let's just go do it. So anyway, thank you uh, for your prayers, and I am excited for what God's going to do. And then just a third one, um, I try to do this our first staff meeting year. It's just kind of fun to get a whiteboard out and just kind of divide it in half. 2014, what do we see God do? And there's just so many stories, you guys, of people that have met Jesus this year and people who are changing, people who are growing. And it's just so exciting. And then just to look ahead at the opportunities and, and challenges facing us as a church in the year ahead. But just to, I just put that out there. There are many, many of you, many people sitting around you, or maybe you're one of the These folks, that you're just seeing God move in your life. And the common denominator is it's the Word of God. That the more you are in God's Word and putting it to practice and doing it with other people, doing life with other people, God just moves. And so I just invite you at the beginning of this year, make sure you jump into a community group. Make sure you jump into there are many women's Bible studies being offered. If you're a guy the if gathering looks awesome, um, just jump in to stuff, okay, and just watch what God wants to do in your life. So I've used up all my introduction time, so now we gotta get going. But I just um, I just love kind of filling us in on those kind of things as a past here. There's a there's a professor of New Testament theology at Trinity Seminary's D. A. Carson, and he says this he says, Whatever the church does, it should prepare its members to face death and to meet God. And so that's one of the driving forces behind this series is like, are we ready? And that's a hard question to ask, especially if you have kids and you've come off of snow days and snow delays. I don't feel like I'm ready for next week, let alone like eternity. But just, this is a great subject. Just look at what the Bible has to say about heaven and about eternity. So um, let me pray. We'll just ask that God teaches us this morning and gets us going uh, in this topic, in this series. So let me pray. Uh, God, your word says in Isaiah, in, I'm sorry, in, in Psalm 90, 12, when Moses says, Lord, teach us to number our days so that we can gain a heart of wisdom. God, we're a room full of people this morning and people watching on live stream. They just We're a group of people that needs wisdom. Teach us the value of our days. Teach us about eternity. Teach us how this life fits in with eternity and help us truly gain wisdom so that we live this life the way that you're calling us to live it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So there's basically two things we're gonna do this morning. One is we're just kind of set this whole thing up with just a quick run-by of what the Bible says about life and death, just kind of get the truth about life and death out there. And then we're gonna just walk through three things we need to make sure we're doing to make sure we're prepared for eternity. So the truth about life and death, first of all, is that life is valuable. God is the author of life. God created us. And so we see that in Genesis 127. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. In Genesis 2-7, then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living creature so people everybody here this morning we're created in the image of god and that's what gives life value life is precious life is valuable and people who believe in god people who follow god know that and and reflect that and how they live and so if i could just thank you as a church our thanksgiving offering every year for the last three or four years continues to go boom Boom, boom. Like you guys keep raising the ceiling on what you're doing and giving. And what I'm so excited about that Thanksgiving offering is that so many of those causes show a reflection of the value of life. That, that money is going from here to Cambodia to help Rafa House and their outreach to women, to many of them, children, young girls caught in human trafficking. That is awesome how you guys are supporting that, that vital ministry or the ministry to orphans in Ethiopia that, that our money is going to, or the, uh, the, the the venture of Faith Academy in the spot, the way that we're helping at-risk kids get a Christ-centered education. That is awesome. All those things just show a reflection of your value of life. And it seems like more and more families here are adopting, or you're coming around and helping other families that have adopted. Adoption is a beautiful picture of families bringing in, you know, children that are at need. All of that just shows a strong value of life. Our our connection with Choices Ministry in town that helps women with unplanned pregnancies walk through that crucial decision of keeping their baby or an abortion in just the way that, in a Christ-centered approach, helping those women see The value of life. So again, I thank you, but I think your giving is just reflecting your heart that you value life because we have a God who values life. And what I want you to know this morning too is that your life is one of those lives that God values. God created you. God knows when you stand up, when you sit down, he knows the number of hairs in your head and some of you it's easier than others, but he knows all of that about you, okay? And so God said to Jeremiah the prophet, he said this, and it's true about us, he said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Now, not all of us were appointed to be a prophet like Jeremiah, but, but the same is true, that God knitted you together in your mother's womb. He has a plan for you, purpose for you. Your life is incredibly valuable. So... Um, that's the first thing we see in the Bible is that life is valuable. When the Bible talks about life, there's three aspects of life. There's a physical life, and we're really acquainted with that. We're, you know, our bodies and our lives, and we know, you know, we go to funerals, we grieve when people die, so we get the physical life thing. But Bible also talks about spiritual life. Look at this passage in Ephesians chapter 2. It says, You were dead in the trespasses and sins and which you once walked following the course of this world following the prince of the power of the air so this is strange Paul's talking to people and he says you were dead he's like wait a minute what are you talking about well he's you know is he writing to dead people or what no he's writing to people who physically are alive but spiritually they're dead it's like they're spiritual zombies like they're going through life they're going through the motions but they're missing the point that there is a spiritual life a connection with God And so in Ephesians 2.5, it says this, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And so this morning, you look around, and I don't see anybody sleeping, and I haven't made anybody keel over yet. Like, we're all physically alive here. But the question this morning is are we spiritually alive? Is there a connection between you and your creator? Are you spiritually alive? It could be that some of us are just going through the motions where maybe, like the people Paul was writing to, you're dead. You're spiritually dead. I mean, you look nice on a Sunday and you got your Sunday clothes on and you went to church, but are you alive spiritually? The Bible says it's just crucial to know uh, that we have spiritual life, that we can go through this life knowing we can talk to God, we can hear from God in his word, we can know that God is real and that God is helping us. So this morning, you have physical life, but do you have spiritual life? And if you're not sure, you know, you can know from this passage that God loves you and God would, by his grace and mercy, would love to make sure that you have spiritual life. We'll talk more about that in a few minutes. So there's physical life, spiritual life, but then the Bible also talks about eternal life. In Ecclesiastes 3.11, for example, it says that God has placed this concept of eternity within our hearts, that within the heart of every person, there's this, this sense or this concept that life is gonna go on, that it's not gonna end. That's why funerals, even you know, if somebody is in, incredibly old and we just, you know, somebody say, well, they live such a long life, it still doesn't seem natural because we were created to live eternally. We are created to live you know, without goodbyes, even saying goodbye to Greg is hard because just something is changing here. And so there's this concept of eternity that God has placed in our hearts. And John three sixteen says, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in Jesus won't perish but will have everlasting life, have eternal life. And if you 've been around here before and you 've heard me talk eternal when it 's used in the New Testament meant ongoing life, never ending life, but it also meant a depth and a quality of life that you 're not going to find anywhere else on this planet. So the Bible talks about physical life, spiritual life, and eternal life. but the bible' is also very real with us in that it talks about death death is inevitable okay hebrews nine twenty seven says and just as it is appointed for man to die once. And after that comes judgment. The last I checked, the the death rate is 100%, okay? If this is an average day, 150,000 people around the world are gonna die. About 100 people per minute in our world die. And so death is coming, and we do not like to think about that. You're even now saying, why did I come here this morning? Like, this guy's bringing me down. He's talking about death. Well, the Bible's real honest, and we, you know, gotta talk about the truth about death and we don't like it we push it aside just listen to all the subtle ways we just try to dodge death like the, the latest trend is like so okay well you know the uh, 60s the new 40 now you know like or 80s the new 60 or you like we're just kind of pushing back the clock or we can have different procedures to try to cover up the fact that we're getting closer to death all these things we try to do to dodge and avoid and and just not you know not deal with with the death thing but, but there's an appointment for us. It is appointed for people to die once. And we don't know when that is. You're not like a carton of milk. Like there's no expiration date stamped in your armpit or something. You just, you don't know when that's coming. Unless you believe in, there's a website that I went to this week. I think it's called Death Clock, where you go and you enter in. They ask you a few questions. Uh, when you were born, they ask you um, uh, about your body mass index, they ask you, are you optimistic, or are you neutral, or are you pessimistic, um, and then it gives you, a, it spits out a date that you will die, okay, and so when I did that, when I did that, I'm, I'm supposed to die on Friday, August 20th, 2049, and right there on the website, there's a countdown, like it has years and days, and there's a countdown, so, I, I really feel like they missed a few key questions. They should have asked, though, too. Like, how much of the food you eat ends with the suffix etos? Like, that would uh, tend to cut down on life some. Or how many Hot Pockets have you ever consumed in your life? You know, that would immediately cut it down. And um, this one may be for Hawkeye fans. Do you watch the first half or the second <laughs> half, too? So all those things would probably should have been in there somehow, too. So um, but death is inevitable, and the Bible's also clear that death is a consequence of sin. Uh, Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death because we have a God who made life, created life. He loves us, but he's also a holy God, and so when we have sinned against God by offending him or ignoring him or, or hurting the people that he loves and he created, then that's called a sin. So we've violated a holy God, and what we deserve from that is, is judgment and death. Death And so we, weren't, we were created with the intention of living for eternity. But when sin entered the world, death was a consequence of, of sin. And so just like we talked about three aspects of life, there's also three aspects of death. The physical death, the spiritual death like we talked about. You could live this life but be dead with God. Like there's nothing going on between you and God. And then the Bible unfortunately also talks about eternal death talks about a literal place called hell where we are separated from God and all of his goodness, and all of his love, all of his protection is separated for all of eternity. So uh, that's what the Bible teaches about life and death. And so it's really important that we prepare for eternity. And there's three things we're going to look at about that this morning. The first is that this life is fleeting and we don't get that. Like we, all the time, like we're, we're constantly confronted with it. Last night I met a former student and we were just talking. And I said, yeah, my daughter's at West High. She went, you got a kid at high school already? He's like, yeah, well, it makes you feel old. I said, well, it makes you feel old too. Like we're both, we're both on that journey there. So, but um, life is fleeting and we don't understand that. We don't get that. Uh, the Bible says in James 4, 14, what is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then it vanishes. So, Here's my analogy for that this morning. Just, I don't know what this is. I don't think it's lethal. Like if any comes down, I think you'll be okay. Maybe just watch your walking right here. It might be slick by third hour. But but this is what the Bible says. Oops, can you see that? Did that show up there? It showed up for me. Okay, that's that's it. We're we're a mist. And like, oh, that's kind of a nice... Well, that mist actually lasted a while. It seems like it drifted down. and But that's all we got, you know, and we just... we we don't we're not aware of that we just think our lives go on and on and on and I just oh I got plenty of time to do this I got plenty of time to do that our lives are a vapor just here and gone and so a lot of times we just we lose sight of that what the bible says we've got to understand that and that's why um, psalm 90 said lord teach us to number our days so that we can present to you um so we can gain a heart of wisdom so there's an analogy I'm gonna show you here too in a little bit. I've seen several authors use this. I'm not sure who came up with it first. I didn't, that's the main thing I want you to know. But I've got a rope stretched here on the stage. It goes all the way to the end of the stage and it goes all the way to the end of the stage that way. Okay, so, um, and so our life is like, let's say you just take a little speck on one of these threads right there. In, in light of all of eternity, this is what our lives are like. So. If you um, believe in the Bible and it's teaching, it says that God is eternal. So God has always existed that direction and God is always gonna exist in this direction and that our lives are really like a little speck. So, and so that what you see a lot of authors talk about is about your life. Are you living for the dot or are you living for the line? So our lives are like this little dot, but in reality, time is gonna continue on for eternity. So the wise person will live not just for this little speck of all of eternity, but for all of eternity forward. And so are you living for the line or are you living uh, for the dot? And so some things we need to ask about that is, first of all, we need to, like Psalm 90 said, we need to value each day. Lord, teach us to number our days I think we, we tend to struggle with our planning and managing things. I bet you we most of us do better at managing our money than maybe we do our time. Like, so maybe we get it that, okay, I better keep track of where my money's going or I better maybe hire somebody to help me with my investments because I wanna make sure I'm using my money well, but I wonder if we treat our time in similar ways, okay? So, because our time is fleeting, our time is fast. And with both of those realms, with our money or with our time, with our gifts, Are we investing in the spec, or are we we investing in eternity? So about our time, if we live to be eighty years old, there's just you're the average person. Immediately, some chunks of those eighty years are taken away. Twenty-five years, sleep taken out right away. Uh, And if you lived in a in a permanent teenage condition, that would be about fifty years gone, right there. Okay, so twenty-five years of sleep gone, ten point five out of those 80 years would be spent at work. Uh, Nine hours would be spent watching TV, two hours of which would be watching commercials, all right? So there you go on that, 4.3 years driving, and the average person would drive the equivalent of the moon and back three times, they say. So three months in traffic, seems like I've already used that up in my life. Uh, 1.5 years in the bathroom, okay? So we'll just leave that there. Uh, 90% of your time will be indoors. If you're a woman, 1.5 years of your time will be doing something with your hair. So eight eight years shopping, eight years shopping, uh, six months waiting in line. Again, I think I've already used that up too. So, and 115 days laughing, uh, but six months complaining. So if you're the average person. So, but when you think about this whole, am I living for the dot or am I living for eternity? Just think back to last week, or if you, know, if you want to get big picture, think back at last year. And what did you do that really is going to matter for eternity? Uh, and what, what did you do that really doesn't matter? Or another way you could ask that is like 10 years after you die, after you're gone, uh, what will you have done that will still matter 10 years after you've died? And those are the things. So are we living for the line? Am I living for the dot? So the first thing about preparing for eternity is to make sure we understand um, that, that this life is fleeting. And it's gone. So um, there was a parable that Jesus told in Luke 12. There was a farmer. He had a great year with his crop. He had so many crops. Uh, He built bigger barns. He just kept building bigger barns, bigger barns. And if you read that parable, I think he gave it to you in your for further study section. If you read that, one thing that jumps out at you is how self-centered that man was. He said, look at my crops. I'm going to build bigger barns for me. And the punchline was when he said, hey, soul, speaking to himself, soul, take your ease. Eat, drink, and be merry. You have many things laid up for many years. And in that parable, God steps in and speaks to that guy. And he says, you fool, this night, I'm going to require your life from you. And then who's going to enjoy all that you've gathered? And so Jesus, again, is warning us, make sure we, are, we understand this life is brief. If we were to be told somehow, and maybe not that website I talked about earlier, but if you were told for sure 2015 is your last year, like what would you do differently? Like what would this afternoon look like that it might otherwise not look like? Or what would be the priorities that would start rising to the top? But the best way, one way to start preparing for eternity is to understand this life is fleeting. Here's the second way. I would say this is the most important way to prepare for eternity is to believe in Jesus Christ. Romans 6.23 said, The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life and in John 17:3 Jesus was praying to his Father the night before his arrest and crucifixion and he said Father this is eternal life that they may know you and Jesus Christ whom you have sent Jesus said, this is the epitome of life, is knowing God and knowing Jesus Christ. And so this morning, this this would be a perfect time as we venture into the next four weeks, even of talking about what is eternity gonna be like? What's heaven gonna be like? That you make sure you understand the way you punch your ticket to eternity is not through your own effort. It's not through you trying to be as good as you can, help as many people as you can, but your only hope is Jesus Christ. Jesus gave his life on the cross, he died for us, lived a perfect life. And so I said earlier that we have offended a holy God and as much as God loves us, and as much as God loves life, we've offended him and what we deserve is death. That's our punishment we deserve, but Jesus took that punishment and now Jesus offers us the most amazing trade where he takes your sin, and your guilt, and the death that you deserve, he takes that and in its place, he gives you life, he forgives your sins, gives you eternal life. And that again, remember that means your life goes on forever, but also the life you live now is the most quality life you'll find anywhere because you're in connection now with your creator. And so my encouragement to you is maybe even at the start of this whole series, make sure you've received that gift of eternal life by putting your faith in Jesus Christ. And if that's new turf for you this morning, just talk to the friend that brought you I'll be in the four year. There's other people who just love to just help you uh, with that. But don't put that off. Life is fleeting, all right? So make sure that you know that you have eternal life. And I don't think we have these verses in your handout or on the screen, but just, so just listen to these. It's 1 John 5, 11 to 13. It says this, this is the witness that God has given us eternal life and this life is in his son. He who has the son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. And it's pretty clear right there. You need Jesus to experience eternal life. But listen to this verse. It comes from the heart of God. These things I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God in order that you may know that you have eternal life. God doesn't want you going through life like, oh, I hope so, or I think so, or I'm not so sure. I had a bad week last week, and I'll try to do better this week. Maybe I can have eternal life. He wants you to know He wants there to be a confidence that you have life because you have the Son. You receive that gift of eternal life from Jesus and you have eternal life. So settle that. Make sure you know that you have eternal life. Receive Jesus Christ. So understand life is fleeting. Believe in Jesus. And then the last way to prepare for eternity is to behave like you believe behave uh, like you believe. It's really interesting. When the Bible gives us a glimpse of end times or life after death, there's often a behavioral link to it. For example, in 2 Corinthians 4, um, Paul talks about how our struggles are light and momentary. Now, that's that's not, you know, so anything we're going through this morning, whatever the hardest case is in this room this morning, Paul would say that's light and momentary compared to the eternal glory that waits ahead of us. And so Paul's not belittling anybody here. He's not a guy that lived an easy life and he's just like kind of talking down on everybody. Paul was hit with sticks, hit with rocks, thrown in prison. I mean, so many things. And Paul said, those are just light and momentary in light of all of eternity. So because Paul had an eternal perspective, he saw that, you know, suffering on this dot, man, it is nothing compared to the glory that's coming for me in all of eternity. There was another time Paul wrote um, to some Christians in 1 Thessalonians 4, and he said, they, they were talking about um, some, some of the people they loved had died, and Paul said, hey, don't grieve like the rest of the world, don't grieve like those who don't have any hope, but realize that when Jesus comes back, we're all going to be you know, resurrected. We're going to be united with him, and you will see them. So comfort each other with those words. So whenever we learn about heaven and eternal life, those things are meant to have a, 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 make a big difference in how we live. And so um, I, can, I can just say as a, as a pastor, there, there's times where you're invited into some really hard times in people's lives, maybe entering into a funeral or ending into a crisis at a hospital. And you can, you can detect, is there hope here or not? Just like, you know, like maybe you need a friend to tell you, you know, that shirt kind of smells a little bit like you need to change shirts. Like a lot of times we're not aware of our own smell. Sometimes, sometimes I think the aura we give off about our view of the end uh, comes off pretty clear too. Do, so uh, the Bible would say, if you really believe in eternity, if you really believe in the hope of, uh, of eternal life, it ought to impact how we're living. There should, be, there should be a difference. Don't let there be a disconnect between what you believe in and, what you, and how you behave. So um, let me uh, just give a couple of verses. Like here, this verse, Psalm 1611. Uh, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore that's your setup if you that's what we believe if you believe that jesus christ died rose again from the dead and offers eternal life to anybody that is what awaits you okay um maybe some of you guys are going on a trip for spring break and you start describing oh it's going to be beautiful we're going to mexico we're going to like whatever we're going to tipton we're going to like whatever your whatever your dream destination is and and you're describing it you're really excited about it um And that's cool, you know, but bottom line, like for eternity, your description, your travel brochure says, fullness of joy, eternal pleasures, pleasures forevermore. That's where you're headed. You you cannot find that anywhere else on this planet. There is nothing else that can guarantee you full joy forever, eternal pleasures forever. That's where you're headed. And so, if that's where we're headed, we ought to live like that, okay? And so there ought to be a hope and a confidence, no matter what we're facing. I mean, I, you hear people say sometimes, "I'm not afraid of death. It's just like I'm afraid of dying. Like, is it going to hurt? Is it going to like all that?" But just bottom line, is there is there a confidence that where we're headed, there's fullness of joy, there are eternal pleasures? And so what that means for us is whatever it is you're going through, I don't know what 2015 is going to be like for you. Um, there's some people I know, I look back at last year, it's like, whoa, that was a hard year. So wherever you are in that, you know, like if it's you're on an upswing or a downswing, a peak or valley, and as you look at your life, wherever you are, if you have Christ, if you have the hope of eternity, the trajectory of your life from here to then is is up. Like you're, That's where you're headed. So even if it's really bad right now, the confidence you can have is like, I don't see any end of this right here on this dot, but I know for eternity, it's gonna end here, full joy, eternal pleasure. I'm good. You know, like that gives me, and so what is so key is when believers actually behave that way, again, you, you emit, an, the smell things may be a bad analogy, but you emit a confidence that this world so desperately needs. I don't, I, I just see it everywhere, we're, we're jumpy. Like our, our culture is freaking out about, are we gonna get ambushed by terrorists? Is the economy gonna tank? Is whatever your favorite cable channel is, you just look at all the stuff scrolling on the bottom, you're like, ah, you know, like you're just, you just jump off a cliff now, it's all over, right? So this world needs to see men and women and students living with the confidence and the hope of eternity that, uh, that will just draw them, where are you getting this? And, and so when we are called to suffer, there's a whole difference in how we suffer and how we deal with pain and how we come around that. And so behave like we believe is the first uh, challenge there. And the second one would be this, if we really believe in this dot and line thing, if we really believe we're, this is a speck, but there's eternity coming, then it seems like you should see evidences in our lives that we are investing in eternity. We're investing our lives in what's going to outlast it. I read an illustration about that this week. Let's say that we were alive during the Civil War days and we were on the Confederate side, but you could tell the end is near. And let's say that collectively we had just tons of Confederate currency and we're like, ooh, you know, like, what are we going to do? This isn't going to last very long. So the wise thing we would all do would be to just maybe just pull aside that what we needed to, to, you know, just exist as long as the Confederacy would hang on and then just take the rest and trade it into union currency, trade it into dollars. So when that switch happens, we're ready to go. You know, what a interesting parallel to our lives here. We have... Been given treasure and time uh, by God that you know, you you know. You look at the Bible; it says God gives us money to enjoy. There's definitely part of this life. He says, "Yeah, you know, just I'm I'm good to my kids. I bless my kids, but, but there ought to be some wisdom here, saying like, okay, if this life is all there is, I need to make sure I'm spending my money and I'm spending my time in things that are going to way outlive this dot. And so, when you read through the Bible, you ask yourself, well, what's eternal? What's going to last beyond? This life, And I really only see two things. I see God's word is eternal. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. So God's word, his promises, his truths will never pass away. And the other thing that's eternal um, are people. Remember, we are created to live for eternity. We're either gonna live eternally with God or eternally apart from God. And it seems like what's the best way to invest our time in something that's gonna outlive our lives? It's got to be a combination of those two. That Did I live last week in a way that's going to invest in eternity? Well, I could ask that. Were there moments in your week last week where you were intentionally thinking about, studying, putting to practice eternal words, God's truth? And were there times in your week last week where you were intentionally making sure those that you lead or those that you love we're understanding God's truth too, the gospel, eternal life. They can have hope with God. They can be alive. They can have a spiritual connection with God. They can pray to God. They're, so people that you lead, so parents. It's like our kids. Um, if you're in a ministry, you're leading a group uh, in your home. Are, do your people understand this? Are your people that you lead or people that you love, your roommates, people you work with, classmates, neighbors, um, Investing your life in what's going to outlive this life that's investing your life in god 's word and in people and so uh, as you look back at last year, where do you see clear evidences that you are investing your life in in what matters it's interesting paul said um, his, his motto he's famous for for me to live as Christ and to die is gain for me to live as Christ and to die as gain if Jesus is your savior if He is your hope. Then you have an amazing setup. To live is Christ. You get to live every day of your life in relationship with the almighty uh, creator of this world, with Jesus Christ. He's with you. He's leading you. Uh, he's got a great mission. He's doing amazing things around the world, like that if if gathering video talked about. There's a story being played out. God is writing a story. He's doing great things to show his power and his love to this world. You have the privilege of stepping in and following Jesus and being a part of that, to live as Christ. But then to die is gain. So then when this life is over, you get to go be with Jesus with fullness of joy and eternal pleasure. What an amazing way to live your life. That's an amazing way to invest your life in what really matters. So my prayer is in the next weeks to come that God will just keep ingraining this into our hearts and just pounding it into our lives. That truly we would live our lives like we believe, like we believe there is a heaven, there's a God and he's good and he rewards us. And so uh, just, just so excited about the next few weeks. And so what we're gonna do now is we're gonna celebrate communion together. And again, what this is, is um, this is what Jesus has commanded us to do, uh, to remember him, to remember what he's done for us on the cross. And I think especially in light of today's topic, Uh, What we're gonna celebrate now is Jesus giving his life for us on the cross that anybody in this room this morning that doesn't know if they have eternal life uh, can have eternal life by putting their faith in Jesus Christ. So Jesus uh, was celebrating a a meal called Passover with his followers. It was the night before he was arrested and crucified and he took some bread and he said, "Um, guys, I want you to uh, do this Uh, and remember what I'm going to do for you. And for these guys, they were still dialing in. What's going on? And they saw it the next day when they saw Jesus give his life on the cross. But he said, this bread, he literally pulled out some bread and said, this bread represents my body, which is broken for you. And so what we're doing this morning is remembering Jesus gave his body for us on the cross. And then the cup with juice is going to represent the blood of Christ that was poured out on that cross. And through Jesus' sacrifice, remember I said earlier that he gave his life uh, and and we what we get what he asks from us is give me your sin confess your sin confess your need for a savior uh, give me your brokenness and in exchange and and we give Jesus our guilt we dis, we are guilty before a holy God and then Jesus in its in in his part gives us his life forgives us from sin and gives us the gift of eternal life so. We're celebrating that now with communion. If you are um, a follower of Jesus Christ, but not a member of Parkview, you are totally welcome to be a part of this. Uh, if this is still something you're figuring out, don't, you don't have to do this just because everybody else is. You can just use this time to think through what God has done for you. You can maybe use this as a time to ask God to give you that gift of eternal life. Whatever you need to do, don't feel pressured to join in, but do feel welcome to join in. Uh, if, if you understand who Jesus is and what he's done for you. So let me pray for us, and then we'll, we'll celebrate this together. Jesus, we, we thank you for your amazing sacrifice for us on the cross that you gave your life for us. Um, you died innocently for us who were so guilty before a holy God, and it just shows us your love for us, and we we understand this morning that this is the way we access eternal life. This is the way we access a relationship with God. So thank you so much for this. And I do pray as we celebrate this now that you would just speak to your people, remind them of your love. And God, this would be a time for us to communicate to you our praise, a time to confess our sin, a time to come clean with you. So just use this time, God, to bless your people. In Jesus' name, amen. You can also contact us by phone at 319-354-5580 or write to us at Parkview Church, 15 Foster Road, Iowa City, Iowa, five two two four five. 455